This episode of Atomic Geekdom is brought to you by PennantChase.com, home of free baseball simulation leagues. Sign up today and join a variety of leagues featuring every player from the history of Major League Baseball. Thanks and enjoy the show. My name is Dave, and joining me on this episode is JD. Hey, guys. And Jenny. What's up? (laughs) And uh, today we're bringing you a very special interview and a very special podcast. We're going to release two this week. So this is our interview with the Bloody Bombshells uh, Entertainment Group uh, company. Uh, what they do is they represent a whole mess of clients for conventions, like they set up their appearances and stuff like that. And they also are a production company, and they're doing a whole bunch of awesome stuff that we're going to get into right now. Uh, it's Andrea, Joanna, and Kayla from Bloody Bombshells, and we will bring you that interview right meow. All right, joining us today on the Atomic Kingdom podcast are three ladies delve deep into... Uh, not just geek culture, but Hollywood culture altogether. Uh, they're from a company called Bloody, 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 Bloody Bombshell Entertainment. And joining us today are Andrea. Hey. Kayla. What's up? And Jojo, is that what I'm calling you? <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, good. How awesome. are you? Good. I'm oh. with you guys, so of course I'm doing fucking awesome. Oh, that's an awesome answer. That's the best one we've ever got. <laughs> uh, so something we like to do uh, right away with our guests is we get their quote-unquote geek cred, uh, something that kind of delves into our world, the geek culture world, uh, that you guys enjoy, not just in your work, but in your in your you know your off time and your hobbies and stuff that kind of falls under like science fiction, horror, comic books, video games, all that stuff. Uh, just to kind of put it out there and see where we kind of, you know, where the, we mesh on the Venn diagram of geek, I guess. Uh, and we can start with whoever wants to go first, or I can choose. <laughs> All right, I'll choose. Uh, <laughs> uh, Usually I talk over everyone, so I'm trying to avoid it. <laughs> All right, you can go first. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm first. Um. Well, my biggest thing, I'm a huge horror nerd. Basically, anything that Argento touched, I'm obsessed with. So that's probably my number one. My number two is always going to be Japanese horror. I just really love everything about Japanese horror films. I'm a little bit obsessed. Um, And I play a little too much Grand Theft Auto. That's definitely probably one problem (laughs) that most people don't know I have. And it even relates to an anger problem where I break remote controls on a regular basis. So I'm not allowed to play very many video games. <laughs> I think you're supposed to use that game as uh, to to vent your frustrations. <laughs> I get put. I literally, my husband grounds me from playing video games. So I get Xbox literally gets unplugged and my remote controls get taken away. So 
it's like I'm I'm a, I'm kind of a video game nerd myself, um, but I'm more of like kind of an old school video game geek. I, I still play. I still have my uh, 16-bit Genesis. I absolutely love Street Fighter. Um, <laughs> Blanca is my character. I still know all the combos for Street Fighter 2. Um, but I think the reason I think I realized I was a geek because in school, um, my group of friends. I mean, of course, we played you know Power Rangers, what have you. Um, but we took it a step beyond. We actually played um, Friends. I I was uh, Monica, <laughs> and um, we also played Seinfeld. And I was Elaine. So I think that kind of ups. I think that's I think that's borderline. Not that's not a geek. That's kind of like nerdy. I think. But um, but wow. yeah, like <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I just yeah, vintage video games, um, Sega stuff. Um, I still have all my Power Rangers toys. I'm not gonna get rid of them anytime soon. Uh, still have well, my, I guess, uh... still have my nice set of um, dinosaurs. Do you guys remember that show, Dinosaurs? The, um, not the Mama thing. Not the Mama. Yeah. <laughs> so all my action figures. I have my my Robbie Sinclair, and I have my my baby Sinclair. I still have all those. And um, and I also do. And now I'm, I'm plugging. I also do my own little geek uh, podcast. So you know, I, I think I think I uh, I think I have some geek cred. Let's... I think I, I think I can I think I can hang with you guys. Absolutely. What's the podcast name? I was delusional. I never think I was a. I never used to think I was a geek. I was so freaking delusional when I think back to like my childhood. And now that I grew up, I'm like, damn, I really am a geek, but I'm kind of cool, so I'm okay with being. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the the podcast name is uh, uh, you can find us on iTunes or or Podomatic. We're actually uh, big in Wichita for some odd reason. I think yeah, uh, I think I think there might be a, like a state prison there. I think we're I'm, I think we're just like. Oh. Just you know, prisoners are just listening <laughs> to us. But um, it's called uh, Thor's Hour of Thunder, and uh, oh, I, I am like sadly not—I am sadly not Thor, but I go by uh, Bjork on there. <laughs> That's a good title. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess my turn. Um, kind of bringing it all full circle. Andrew is the horror nerd. Kayla's kind of the uh, nerd from Blast from the Past kind of thing, and then I actually kind of round it all out with sci-fi and anime. Um, I got into anime back when I was in middle school, started off with Sailor Moon and then Ranma and a bunch of other stuff. And so I kind of deal with that. I grew up on sci-fi with Star Trek, Star Wars, Highlander, the whole nine yards. My parents were big giant nerds and they love what I do now. So that's kind of where I come in on it. That's awesome. I actually, uh, uh, Joe, I actually um, hooked up with a chick this past weekend who was into Sailor Moon. <laughs> I don't know how that conversation started, but I, I Sailor Moon is the best, Moon. though. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, who doesn't love Sailor Moon? Only in its original Japanese version, though. Oh yeah, I haven't seen the new one yet, unfortunately. But I heard it's not nearly as good as the original. No, no, no. I actually kind of like the new version because it goes back to the old original manga, so it's more true to that form. Oh, Ooh, snap. I, I did think, not I know think, that. I think she just dropped the ball on this. I think, yeah, let's just let's just end this right now and just catch up on Sailor you Moon. Is everyone okay with that? Down. I'm so out of the Sailor Moon. Like, <laughs> I was at a party one time and a guy and a girl like figured out that they both like Sailor Moon and they had the most epic conversation I've ever heard in the history of conversations. And I was just blank face. I'm like, I, I don't know what's going they, on here, but I wanted to join in so bad. <laughs> Did they later have like a Sailor Moon wedding or? Is I think when, it's coming. 
when you're in a party or you're at a convention or you're just in everyday life and you realize that somebody else meshes with you for the same fandom, it's almost like you met your soulmate and it's really kind of weird. Like, I don't know how many times I've had a panic attack with someone over, like, Hello Kitty. I think that's my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> I will seriously have a meltdown if someone says they love Hello Kitty. And then the other one that does it for me is Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't know what it is. Oh, yes. <laughs> Reminds me of childhood. I know. And it's just like, you know, we, we get it along the road. I mean, the girls and I, obviously, we travel a lot with our clients and we get to see the different fandoms things that go into it. And, you know, sometimes you meet people who think you're a bigger fan than you are because you work with them. And I don't know how many times I've hit those awkward moments where it's like, like, I think the worst one for me is when people try to sing with Nick for Once More With Feeling for both. <laughs> and I do, I hated the episode, which is awful to say. I know, I know I suck, but I hated the episode. And so he'll start singing and I just kind of look at him and he's like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't deal. I can't deal. And it's just the most awkward thing. <laughs> I need to be with you because I was the weirdo who actually owned the soundtrack and I knew all of the words. Oh, I could pull it up on my iTunes right now. <laughs> See, and I'm actually the the one that didn't I have not even watched a single episode of Buffy. I know you can hit me over the head with your pillows or what have you or your spears. <laughs> okay. I have never even watched an episode of Buffy, so I'm like, I don't even know what these people are even freaking singing about. <laughs> I'm with you too. I unfortunately <laughs> want to see Buffy so bad, but do not have the time for it. So I feel it. like I I feel like I can't see Buffy now. <laughs> it's like a running joke. It's really really hard when you work with like a lot of these guys that like you can't you go back because like I was obsessed with Buffy when I was younger. Like it was my that and Charmed. Like I I loved all those series, and now that like I mean especially now. It's just hard for me to watch those episodes because I know everyone. And so it just makes it, it's almost impossible. And like my mom, um, you know, bless her. She's actually, she passed away in 2008 and it was, it was our show. And I'm like, I wonder if my mom is watching this insanity. Like I never <laughs> actually see the day. And, you know, Joanna and I talk about this. I know quite a bit. It's just once you... Once you, you know, meet a lot of your fandoms, it either stays the same for you or it changes. You know, like I, I actually tell a lot of people as a horror nerd, I think one of the things that changed me the most about horror is, um, and, you know, I, I don't want people to think, you know, I'm not going to call out which director it was, but there was a director in horror that I admired for so much of his work and he was just iconic. I met him and he was a total dick. And oh, oh. the point where I was like, I can't ever watch those movies again without going, man, I don't want to watch this shit. The dude was an asshole. And it just sticks in your head. So it could go one of two ways. I've seen it go where it's like you you can't watch it for good reasons, and then you can't watch them for bad reasons. So I guess it just depends. <laughs> yeah, I had an experience similar to that to somebody who's like a beloved character on tele- I won't say who it is. Uh, met him at a convention, and she was supposed to be this sweet, bubbly person like she is on TV, and just a horror, like just not nice at all. Come on, was, come on, give us hints, give us hints. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was a show that was canceled well before its time. That's uh, like, oh, that's like most, that's like most fandoms. Come on, give us that's, a hint. That was, Firefly was the first one I went to. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. everyone <laughs> talks about it. Yeah, I. I <laughs> guys will pick it out and he seriously the next time he sees me is gonna think like i'm a total like bitch so, <laughs> i'll tell you guys we're not recording oh nice <laughs> nice 
well, speaking of that a little bit, since you guys are all fans of all these things, I know myself uh, for the first time got when I did a, a in person interview with Michael Rooker. Uh, I I lost it. Like I my quote unquote cool or my professionalism was gone because he's so in- intimidating as a character on, in TV and movies and stuff. When you meet these people and you have to work with them as just you know people. How was that like when you first started, like to like with Nick or whoever, um, like when you meet these people as a fan, like you said, uh, but when they turn out to be the good people, is that nerve wracking at all? Or is it just another person? No, tell me what the feelings like, because I haven't felt it yet. I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I haven't felt it. I haven't gotten starstruck yet. Maybe I will one day, but I, I don't, I mean, the, the girls might, the girls probably can't back me up on this, but I have not, I haven't felt that yet i haven't gotten that 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 shocking mo- i i really don't have um i mean there's a you know there's a few you know i have you know idols obviously um huge fan of uh, seth mcfarlane i mean he's definitely you know uh trey parker matt stone um but i don't know i just i just i don't think i could have that 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 shocking moment you know it's kind of ironic to me because now Everybody I've ever freaked out on, freaked out about, I've I've tried to keep it inside. I mean, my my worst ones, obviously, like you know, I covered. Obviously, I'm obsessed with horror. I will probably say that at least two hundred freaking times. <laughs> um, but I mean, the worst ones for me was when actually before I started doing um, film production and before we even owned, um, before we started doing celebrity bookings. I actually used to work for Boy Disgusting. I did a lot of their feature interviews. I, I did a ton of that stuff. And like, I, I was a features writer. So most of what I did was interviews. And um, one of my first interviews, it's kind of funny. I know Joanna knows this story. One of my first <laughs> interviews, I had the biggest crush on Eli Roth. Like it was like in my head, I was like, oh, he's so amazing. He's so handsome. Well, dumbass me at the age of 22 decided to tell Eli, I blurted out right before I sat down to do his damn interview that I wanted to have his babies. <laughs> blurted it out directly to him. And to this day, because of course I still, obviously I'm, I'm production partners with Scott Spiegel. I mean, I know the entire group. I work with everybody now. So now it's just kind of an embarrassing, like, haha, remember that time Andrea said she wanted to have your babies? So now it's like embarrassing. But I think the other big freak out that I had where I was just, um, I was in awe was Tony Todd. And I know that everybody, oh. yeah, Joanna was with me when this happened. We were at Spooky Empire. It was 2011. And we went to um, Spooky Empire in Orlando. I was actually representing Kane Hodder at the time. So we were there. We were filming his reality show. We had a bunch of stuff going on. And I freaked out because I didn't want to go say hi to him. And, like, Candyman was my number one favorite horror film, you know, ever. Because it, I had so many fond memories of it because of my mom. And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can't talk to him. And I remember Ari Mihailov was um, over to the side and he... He kind of looked at me and he goes, why are you scared of Tony? And like, (laughs) and I was like, what do you mean? I was like, have you not seen him? And so I literally, R.A. stands up, grabs me by the hand, yanks me across the hall. And he's like, you're going to go say hi to Tony. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm screaming, yelling, getting pulled across the hallway. People are probably thinking I'm going (laughs) to wait the way I'm acting. And he pushes me into a room with Doug, Doug Bradley, Clive Barker, and Tony Todd. And he goes, say hi to Tony. He introduced me. I couldn't speak. I just stood there and stared at Tony like he was an alien. And I didn't <laughs> And um, of course, Tony hit on me. So that was awkward. <laughs> and 
um, I shook his hand and it was funny because that always stuck with him. And about a year later, Tony and I started working together. I actually traveled with Tony and did his, um, his public appearances for a while. And he was one of my first clients, but I, I gotta tell you, I, every single time I have those fangirl moments, it, it's, it leads to me working with them and I'm glad I get it out of my system early because then from there it's like smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to make you, though, you got to come off more real. Because I've seen situations where people will go into an interview and such, and they're so straight-laced that it feels so scripted. But when you see somebody that's comfortable and or freaks out because they're such a fan, it does, in my opinion, feel as though there's more companionship, I guess. Is that the right word I'm looking for? is I, I had those moments a lot when I was working for, you know, Bloody. I, I would interview people that I admired and respected so much. And I was such a, I, I wouldn't necessarily fan, say fan in every case, but I respected their work. Like, you know, I, I really took the time to get to know everything that that person did. You know, it, it was like, I think one of the interviews that stood out to me that I did was with Lee Wanell. And it was when I was doing the I did a Saw retrospective when they did the final Saw film. I did like the set visit and I, you know, interviewed everybody that was involved in the franchise. And I had a tendency over the years that as I interviewed people, they would stay on with me as friends. And it was because they told me I was one of the most natural interviewers with them because I was always honest with them. Like I even had a couple of cases where if I didn't like their work, I told them. And I used to get in trouble for it. And I think the only <laughs> one who ever got mad at me was Tom Six because I said I hated human centipede and he told me he wished I had Crohn's disease. Wow. So I, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. It was very, that's very specific. That's not like, <laughs> I, like, like, go to hell, go to hell, you dad. That's like, I wish you'd have Crohn's disease. Like, whoa. Hey. Who, even, who hey. even knows what Crohn's disease is? Like, I don't even know what that does. Well, that's really <laughs> bad with human centipede too in the mix. You yeah. basically, you basically, um, you shit all the time. That's the disease. Oh my god! I just remember that he said it to her, and she told me, and I was like, "We need to figure out what the hell this is." So we actually Wikipedia'd it. <laughs> upon you like what the hell <laughs> the best part is like i've seen him since of like it's fine it's been you know it's like you know bridge over water like we're we're past it at this point but you know we i've had it happen a couple of times where people just get turned off by me but it's per my personality it depends on who it is but you know i i think when you're honest with people that you respect them or you, you know, I, I like a good example. We work with Christopher judge who was um, Teal on Stargate. I've never seen an episode of Stargate my whole life. And I've told Chris that, and he prefers that I know him for his football career over his. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a like insane sports fanatic. So when I told him, I'm like, I actually know your career at Oregon more than I actually know your acting work. And he respects me for it, but you know, it's, it's kind of, funny because joanna she doesn't freak out on him in person i'm the one that gets joanna's freakouts where she's like oh my god do you know who like when he called her i remember the first time chris called us he called joanna directly and she had a mini meltdown but she didn't do it to him with him on the phone she's like hey i'm joanna and i'm professional and i'm amazing and I'm so <laughs> <laughs> okay well first of all there's a little backstory to this. I had reached out to him through his manager. I was not expecting to get a random phone call from him. 
and I'm literally <laughs> out shopping with Andrea to pick up something. I don't even remember what we were doing, but right, my I, phone I, rings. Toilet paper. That was probably what was going on. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. You guys told me. You guys told me it was Walmart, right? We got to set yeah. the stage. Walmart. Right. We, <laughs> we were shopping for something mundane, and my phone rings, and we had horrible service in there, so I didn't even like answer it. I get the voicemail, and it's like, "Hey, this is Christopher Judge," and I'm like. Holy Whoa. shit, do you know who just... <laughs> that was a very good impression of whatever that was. <laughs> Spends enough time with him, Jesus. I yeah. travel with him a lot. But anyway, so I look at Andrew, I'm like, do you know who just called me? She's like, no, who? And I was like, Christopher Judge. And she's like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Why do I care? And I was just so, like, half snotty with her. And she's like, oh, you're going to care. And the funny thing is, is that was actually the one phone call that brought us back into doing appearances full time. And like Chris now works with us on a lot of things. I mean, he's doing the Chainsaw Sally show with us, the animated series. He's actually helping me produce a horror film at the moment. So it's, it's kind of funny that, you know, you have these moments. Like I, I had that moment. I met Quentin Tarantino and freaked out over that. I mean, that, that required me like literally hyperventilating and then getting on the phone. Um, <laughs> I've had those moments, but you know, the good thing is, is that, you know, we rein it in and we, we act like professionals. We've seen, I mean, I've seen the best and the worst, you know, like the girls, all three of us, we're, we're extremely professional. We, we make it a good experience, but we're also realistic. Like, I know you guys said, like you meet people who are stiff and they make it seem fake and it's just way too pulled together. I don't do that. I mean, I still like, I curse like a sailor. I don't care if you were on such and such a show, I'm going to treat you just as equal as somebody who wasn't. We're, we're a different group for that reason, but you know, our freakouts are, are still kind of epic when they do happen. I think the worst ones were in my early twenties though. Like I, I can't believe I said that to Eli. I still, to this day. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the freakouts, I think that just means you're in the right business. If you're having that much fun while you're working, I mean, you're doing the right thing. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's a given. Yeah, too much, too much fun sometimes. <laughs> oh, never too much fun. <laughs> well, I got to ask, you brought up sports. What are your sports teams? Oh, North Carolina. I'm a Tar Heel fan through and through when it comes to um, basketball. For NBA, it is Miami Heat. And for my football team, College and I'm I, I lived in South Florida for so long. I'm a Canes fan for college, and I'm also a Dolphins fan for NFL, which sucks ninety percent of the time. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I, my teams are doing that great. Um, I'm diehard Phillies fan. Been following the Phillies since '93, since World Series '93. I grew up in New England though, um, so I have you know fam- my family's you know they're they're Red Sox fans, but I've always been a Phillies fan. Huge Eagles fan, but I'm extremely pissed off that we now have Tim Tebow. But he's not gonna, he's not gonna, he's, he's not gonna do jack shit. So that's all right. Um, I'm for you. I'll pray for you, Kayla. I'll pray. <laughs> no, you don't I'm have sorry. to pray for me. You don't have to Tebow for me. No, you don't have to do that. Um, uh, I'm a Flyers fan for hockey. We didn't do that great this year. Um, um, basketball. I'm, I'm still a Celtics fan. I, you know, I rep, I rep Boston. And yeah, I, I follow soccer too a lot. Um, I've been following, um, I'm local to Orlando, so I've been following uh, Orlando City. And I'm also a, a Man U supporter. So, And then uh, I'm a Baltimore girl through and through. Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens. Go Michael Phelps. Yay. There's my Baltimore boy. Um, congratulations to American Pharaoh. I grew up on horse racing on top of that. And 
randomly, like I said, I travel with Christopher Judge a lot, so he has actually converted me to an Oregon Ducks fan. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what's funny, too, is, like, I actually wanted to work in sports before I got into this, so, you know, a lot of my life literally revolves around if it's not – you know, fandom and it's not movies that literally resorts back to sports. So, and I know the girls, I mean, we all, you know, we'll go to games, we'll watch games on TV, we follow sports. So it's, it's been interesting because I rarely meet people that follow both, you know, as, as avidly as the three of us do. So it's been kind of something fun to, you know, incorporate into our lives because it's, it, you know, it's, it's sports. I mean, I've, I've never met, I've never met fellow geeks that are obsessed with, as obsessed with sports. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, there's the, there's a few of us, uh, myself, Jenny, uh, Jason, they're not on the show right now. Tom, I would say those are pretty diehard sports and geeks, uh, fans as of, long as they're not yankees or nope. mets fans no oh, thank, thank god here's <laughs> for the win no i think it's all local based like myself it's all wisconsin so badgers brewers packers uh i do like the bruins though for hockey um yeah the um the football season this year was interesting because i'm i'm from seattle so i'm all about the seahawks the mariners and all that <sighs> so dave and i were head and head against the seahawks and the packers game <laughs> that's awesome though because we i mean my house is kind of weird because i went to um obviously i went to unc so that was where the whole tar heels thing came from but my husband is a huge like it's kind of funny because he grew up in south florida but he also spent a lot of time in boston because he grew up like he split his basically his year was split between the two so i think the only regret i have that's sports related is my dog my dog's name is Papelbon. And yeah, but that's okay. But that's okay. He's, he's playing for the Phils, so that's all right. Yeah, so he went to a decent team, but I'm like, I, I, I vowed we will never name a dog after a sports team person again after he got traded from the Red Sox. And so we ended up with Bane. So we moved to Batman villain. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong there. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> Uh, JD, do you want to tell them who your sports teams are? Or is it too embarrassing for you? I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm a, I'm a big Tigers fan, and the past hey. month has just been so sad for me and Jenny. We've been I know, just, right? We've crawled into a hole, and I don't know what I can are, come are out. You, are, you, are you starting to look like the Tigers' old logo, the sad-looking <laughs> Tiger? <laughs> you know I'm what you're talking about. Yeah. I, know, I know I am, and that's sad, because I do know that. I'm oh, starting JT, to think don't that look Lions fan had more hopes. I don't know why I you know. guys you guys should be that depressed. My team is the worst team in baseball, so I don't know what you're so upset about. <laughs> hey, you're a fan of the eight. You beat us though, didn't you? Um, the Brewers. Oh, oh yeah, we did. We did actually yeah, though. Did. When the <laughs> when the Astros are actually one of the best teams in baseball right now, that's when you know like everything's all screwed up. Yes, <laughs> right? we've entered some kind of weird alternate dimension. Exactly. Hey, the world will eventually right itself, and the Tigers <laughs> will win a World Series soon. Hopefully. Yeah, and the Lions will win a playoff game. Long distance high five. Heck yeah, Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a I'm an adopted Michigan fan. (laughs) Uh, All right, I kind of want to talk about the stuff that you guys are producing, all the all the movies and and everything I'm seeing on the website. Uh, I kind of want to let you guys talk about it. I'm looking at all the titles and all the 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 synopsis for all of them, and I actually want to see all of them. So I can't pick a favorite. So just tell me what you guys got working and, and when can we see it? 
Well, I think our biggest one that we're working on right now that films actually in a month and a half is um, Sweetheart's films next month. It, um, that one kind of fell in my lap. Um, the director, Amalia, she's actually one of my very best friends. I've known her since my days at Bloody Disgusting. She actually did a lot of the photography that I used for, like, she did a lot of promo photos back in the day for me. And she was also involved in this project called the Bloody Best Project. And me and her worked together a lot. And we became really good friends over the years. Well, she called me because um, they were about to launch their Indiegogo campaign, but she was nervous. You know, this is her first feature film. She actually, she's um, she's done really, really well. Her short films are incredible. You know, she had, uh, we had actually produced myself and Joanna actually um, helped her produce Red Red, which was one of her first short films. And it was a, um, it was a ode to Dario Argento. It was an amazing film. It's, it's going into festivals actually this year. And that was our first experience working with her. And then she came, she actually also did um, ABCs of Death was, she did that contest that they had for, um, to add it, you know, into the mix. Like they four. Huh? It, M is four. It's M. M. She did M is for Mermaid. Yeah, she did M is for Mermaid, and it was incredible. It was such a good <laughs> film. And so she sent me the script, and I, she was like, she's honest with me. Tell me if you hate it. And all of us read it, me, Kayla, and Joe, all three of us sat down and read it, and we all came to the conclusion that it was the best fucking script that I've had hit my desk in years. And it's kind of funny because, you know, we have a lot of great scripts. Like the the guy who wrote um, Wrath and Bloody Water and Smoke, Alex Sosin, he's an amazing writer. He's incredible. It's just he's a different style of writing than what Emma has. And I think the one thing that really sticks out to me with her writing is that she she kind of nails it's like if they gave her Jennifer's body, it would have become a cult classic. You know what I mean? Like oh, it yeah. was she I don't know what it is about the comedy I don't know what it is about I mean she nailed it she basically took Mean Girls and turned it into a horror script added a bunch of nudity and gore and quite possibly this is going to become one of those movies that really hits big and I don't usually say that because I don't want to jinx myself but I know that the girls and I all agree it's it's one of those films that just deserves to be made like you read I mean we get a lot of shit on our desks like I'm I'm not gonna lie things and i know kayla reads most of the scripts with me yeah they seem they're awful some of the ones they that are <laughs> <laughs> they're terrible i just read them and like you know i've been pretty spoiled over the years you know i work i've worked with scott spiegel since 2011 and to work with a man who you know wrote evil dead 2 and a man who you know i get spoiled with good screenwriters you know i don't i don't deal with screenwriters that are are mediocre and so when when she brought me that script I was like I have to do this so I immediately jumped on it didn't take us long to get funded at all I mean we're basically in the final stages of getting the rest of our funding um and we're good to go for next month we we signed up we're actually filming at the same school that Carrie was filmed at so that was our our big I had we had to have that school like I went on that location scout which thanks to Kayla because she did all the all the preliminary scouting work for me when well when I went out to Los Angeles but it's it's going to be our biggest project of the year in terms of kicking off our production season um because then of course the other series that we do have is um Chainsaw Sally if um I know a lot of horror fans are familiar with where it comes from and things like that but 
Chainsaw Sally was essentially a series that now we have turned into an animated series with the creator, Jimmy O'Burrell, who is a genius when it comes to creating really comedic horror elements that you wouldn't think to put together. And April Burrell, who is obviously Chainsaw Sally, she nails it. And she's returning as, um, she's returning as Sally. She's doing the voiceover work for it. We're actually, we're about to announce our production deal for it. I can't quite talk about it yet, where it's going to go and where it's been picked up. But, you know, Jimmy O actually did all the artwork. Um, Christopher Judge is actually voicing our villain for season one. Um, and he's super excited about it. And Nicholas um, Brendan is actually doing, he's the voice of Ruby. And he he's actually um, Sally's brother in the series. So Nick will actually be um, progressing through the series with us. And, you know, we have quite a few fun people coming on. Debbie Rashone, who is well known as a scream queen on the, you know, in, in horror. She's going to be doing it. Tristan Risk, who was in American Mary. Um, she's actually voicing some characters. We're bringing on a lot of horror people to bring that, you know, essential scariness to it while still keeping it comedic. And, you know, this is going to be a series. So, I mean, we're going to go from season one to, you know, we hope to see it have a lengthy run and I want to kind of see it become the archer of the horror community. That's my ideal situation for Chainsaw Sally. So we're working hard on that. Um, and then we do have, obviously, Wrath has been our project that we've been working on for about, we're going on two, three years at this point, but it's because I wanted to, one of the, one of the things that I've always said to, you know, whether it was the girls or our production partners, we don't want to produce shit, you know, and that's, <laughs> I, I don't want to be one of those producers that just throws together $25,000 movies with really bad scripts that don't have sound done correctly, that don't do. I would rather take my time on a project and push something out that's high quality than churn out garbage. So and not not the straight to sci-fi movies that they always do. No, I'm not. <laughs> Sharknado. Oh, right. no, I do love Sharknado. Well, I sure. I, 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 do, <laughs> I, I, I love it. That's uh, I think it's hilarious. I love those. I, my, you know, to be honest with you, I, I'm not really a, I, I do love Sharknado, but there was one that came out, I want to say, um, 2012. It was, um, Jersey Shore Shark Attack. And, and it had Joey Fatone in it from NSYNC, and a shark ate him on stage. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I like, I like those cheesy ones. I love it. Cause well, they know, cause they know they're bad. And yeah. That's why they play up on it. They know they're bad. And that was, I mean, those cheesy movies are good for what they are. I mean, you, you watch them. I'm not going to say I've never watched them. Like, you know, it's, it, what was the one that came out? Zombievers, I think oh. I said. I like Ice Spiders, too. That's another thing. <clears throat> Zombievers got me in some Twitter trouble. Oh, when my the, God. Spiders are on the, the, on the, um on the school bus. Oh, I love that scene. I, <laughs> they're so cheap. They're so cheesy. Like, you got, like, it, it brings back, like, um. It's like um, it's like the movies like from the fifties, like those B movies from the fifties, and I think that's you know that's like the the new age of you know kind of sci-fi, because you know um, with sci-fi you either have you know the you know something like you know like the new Mad Max, which is fucking awesome. Um, so you have like that end, and then you have the other end of the spectrum, which is like the the, the crappy you know made for TV jobs, and and you know they they serve a purpose. I think they're I think they're absolutely hilarious. They do serve a purpose. And, you know, for entertainment value, I love them. I never knock. Um, and that's one thing, too, is, like, I will never knock another filmmaker's ability to do what they do well. Um, you know, and if, if making shitty sci-fi movies is what you do well, I, I applaud you because I can't <laughs> make a shitty movie. And, 
you know, it's, I, I basically promised myself that if I was going to do horror films, I was going to do them correctly because after working at Bloody Disgusting, there were some awful movies I was forced to watch. I mean, and you can, if you go to Bloody Disgusting's website and put my name in the search thing, you can pull up all of my old reviews. I was brutal and mean just because I love good horror movies. And I think that when I watch a bad one, it like made me angry because I like them to be, you know, I, I really love to put high production value into a project. And when I started doing film production, I mean, I had that instilled with me, you know, working with Scotty, he's very attention to detail, but this is a man who works with, you know, Sam Raimi and Quentin Tarantino and, you know, and those were the people that I learned from. And those were the, you know, I was very fortunate to, for someone who has never gone to film school, I was put through the school of hard knocks pretty quickly. You know, I learned how to do financing correctly. Like I, you know, everybody knows how I feel about, about crowdfunding. I don't necessarily think that it's the way of the future. I think that there's still a way to get funds, you know, a different way, but I don't knock it either because, you know, there, you could do a short film project and get it funded, you know, wonderfully. I mean, that was how we funded Red Red, but I like to do filmmaking the old school way. I like to have a quality product that comes out. And I'm not saying everything's going to be theatrical release either. But when it comes to the projects that are coming out of Bloody Bombshell and, you know, we're, we work on reality show projects. I'm not going to say that, like, every reality show that I've ever created has ever been an Academy Award winning. That's interesting. <laughs> Um, but I want to make sure that it's something I'm proud to put my name on. And I know that the girls feel the same way. Like we're, you know, we're working on like a, an anthology series for all of us and we're all taking turns directing too. We all have, you know, projects that we want to take on and work on ourselves, but we also support, yep. like, obviously Scott is going to be directing Wrath and Jimmy O is going to be directly involved with Chainsaw Sally. Um, we're supporting Emma obviously through, through, um, Sweethearts and, you know, there's, we have so many projects on our plate. It's a little overwhelming sometimes when I look at it, but we're excited. I think this is probably one of the few opportunities that a full, a fully owned and operated female production company has come up with this type of, of you know, project slate. And I think that a lot of people thought we couldn't do it. And now that we're actually going into production next month and we have actual production schedules coming out and we're proving that you know this is just more than just us talking i really think that we're we're gonna make some waves and i'm really i'm really proud of you know not just the three of us but everybody who's worked with us on every project because we have a lot to prove and i think that this is going to be the year that we start to prove everybody that you know we're 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 bigger than just you know andrea babbling on twitter so <laughs> <laughs> Well, what, what is your favorite part of it? Like you said, you, you wear a lot of different hats, writer, director, producer. Is there a favorite or you just love the whole, the whole thing? This is for all of you. Well, I speak for myself on this one. I, you know, the girls will tell you their part, but I know my favorite part till the end, till the day I die is always going to be writing. And that's because, you know, when I was 19 years old, I wrote my first script and it was produced. I was very fortunate when I was 19 I wrote it under a pen name and it was produced. It was a really bad romantic comedy that I got paid a thousand dollars to write. And it's, it's kind of funny because then right after that, I wrote my spec script for cocaine, which is the feature film. That I'm working on. And it's, it's, you know, when I'm taking the first draft, obviously nobody wants to read what I wrote when I was 19, but I'm taking <laughs> and fixing it now. But when it comes down to it, I mean, I always, when I first started working in this industry, I wanted to be a screenwriter. And so 
to this day, that's what sticks with me. You know, if I, if I could just write every single day, I would, it's where I can escape into, you know, my shell and, and make up stories and, you know, take, take what I know and basically turn it into a fictional account. It's, it, it's always been soothing for me. Like the girls know I will shut myself off. If I get stressed out middle of the day, I would rather shut myself off, listen to Spotify and write a script than do anything. And I think that that's something that, you know, when it comes down to it, I could give up the directing, I could give up the business side of it, even though I'm really good at both sides, I still, when it comes down to it, I would be a writer through and through. Yeah, that's the same with me too. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I, you know, I went into this business as a writer. I mean, I've, you know, I'm, I'm working on um, uh, a feature, working on, on, on an animated series, not Chainsaw Sally, but um, um, another series. Um, and, and that's, you know, I, I, um, I went to, I went to UARTS up, up in Philly. I, uh, I graduated with, with, um, my degree BS communications, um, uh, concentration, screenwriting and advertising. And I'm, and I'm lucky that I'm able to do both. Cause I, I also, I'm, I'm a copywriter for the wine and spirits industry. So that's a little bit, you know, different writing than, you know, screenwriting. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I came into this as a writer, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think the ultimate, even as a writer, I mean, a lot of people say that they, yeah, they, they love to write. They, you know, they want to write all the time, what have you. But when you're in this industry, of course, the ultimate is to direct. And, and that's where, you know, that's where I see my, my career going. Awesome. Do you have a, do you have a favorite? Um, do you, do you tend to go towards horror? Do you like more of the comedy romance stuff when you write? I I, I, horror is not my thing at all. The only time I would watch horror movies um, is like during Halloween. Um, I think the last horror movie I saw was like a couple of years ago. I saw American Mary. I, I, I loved American Mary. But it's, it's, that's kind of like, that's like a different, um, different horror movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely comedy all the way. Um, I love animated comedy. I, I, I love, I love Bob's Burgers. That's probably one of my favorite <laughs> And um, believe it or not, I like this. It's a it's a it's a, a show geared towards children. It's geared towards younger audience. But I love Clarence on on um, Cartoon Network. It's really um, really great, um, very refreshing animated series uh, geared towards kids. A horrible backstory. The uh, the creator of it um, was kind of a pedo. Um, but oh. yeah, he was actually he 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 um, he sexually assaulted um, some employees at Cartoon Network. Needless to say. That bastard got fired, but his yeah. show is still on. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's 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 an extremely uh, progressive show. Um, yeah, I I I loved uh, Rocco's Modern Life as a kid. That's another show that's just you know you, you watch it now as an adult and you're like, wow, how did they get past the censors with some of these jokes? You know, um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely comedy. Um, I think I, I, it's it, it's not so much the. I, it, like Kayla's amazing at comedy. I mean, she really writes it really well. It's kind of funny for as big of a horror nerd and a horror fanatic as I am. I love being a part of the process. Now, I just wrote a horror script for the first. And believe it or not, I've never written one until this year, and um, I finally wrote one with one of my writing partners. I can't wait to reveal this one. The girls know how excited I am. It's going to be my direct <laughs> debut for this one, and I can't wait to nail it. Um, and you guys, once you hear what it is, you're going to laugh because you're going to think back to this interview and it's all going to make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, my favorite thing in the world to write is, um, crime. Like I love writing. I love the Sopranos. Casino is one of my favorite movies. Martin Scorsese. I would say Scorsese and Tarantino are my two like people that I look up to in terms of, you know, writing and directing. 
So for me, when you read a lot of my screenplays and my work, I don't actually write a lot of horror. Like I do have a lot that's going to be on my, on my plate, you know, that I've come up with ideas for that I'm developing, but you know, it's, it's a lot of action, a lot of crime, a lot of, you know, I, I love drug running crap. Like I'm, I'm that first person that will be there when like bad boys three comes out. Like I love those type of movies. (laughs) much better writer and I will be a way better director than him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, and like, I'll not mention, but Joanna, I know, you know, she feels the same way too. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I, something a lot of people don't know about me is I actually dabbled quite a bit in photography for a long time. And I actually did a lot of Andrea's promo shots and kind of dealing everything on that. And so I honestly, I can't wait to get back behind a camera because I think a lot in images. I think about, I see something on a page and I can't imagine, I imagine how it's going to look on the screen or what kind of music's going to be behind it. And I like to have those, my hands into that sort of it. And Andrea will be the first one to tell you that, you know, she'll write a script or something and she'll hand me a scene and go, who do you imagine in this role? And she'll always come to me and ask me that. And that's kind of how my mind works. And I can think of an actor and actress that I can see into it. I can close my eyes and I can picture that. And so, you know, I'm, they are definitely more the screenwriters than I am. I, I'm a writer, but in the novel side of it. So I'm more likely to draft a novel and hand it to them to script it. Um, but I definitely, I enjoy all the aspects of conceptualizing the written word. See, the creative process baffles me. Like I, I love writing. And then there's times when I'm writing something, I'm like, I can see it. I can hear the music, but being a director to me, sounds like the most daunting task in the world. Like there's just so much you have to do that goes into it to make it look the way you want it to. And if it's not like your script or it's, it, you have to channel a different vision. It, it just seems like so much of a headache to me. Like writing would be, I think, ideal. It sounds like the more, more, most fun uh, to me. Well, and I think too, you know, it's kind of funny with this project that I'm going into at the end of the year. That's my horror project. We were discussing, you know, we wrote the script and, you know, once, once the news hits and you guys hear what I've been working on, I mean, I, I finished the script and it's kind of funny because we, myself and my writing partner looked at each other and we said, um, he's like, are you sure you want to go forward with this? And I said, why wouldn't I? And he goes, we're going to hit, get hit with the ratings board. He's like, it's not going to be a fun, a fun <laughs> And he goes, is this what you want to move forward with? And I I was very honest with him. And I think this is the first time I've been honest with myself as both a writer and now in a director's position. I said, I couldn't imagine it another way. I'm like, you know, in my head, like I've had sleepless nights where I've thought about, you know, those scenes and how it was going to all piece together. And it's kind of funny because there's one particular scene and like, I won't, I won't give you the details because when you watch the movie, you're going to be like, oh, I remember this. But there's one scene where I want to capture the death that's going to happen in such a way that we were literally one day when I was writing it, he looked at me and he goes, how are you going to film this? He's like, this is so disgusting. You're either going to have to do it from far away so you don't get all the, I was like, no, I was like, first of all, we're going to Tarantino it in the beginning. I was like, we're, we're going to turn it black and white so that we do get away, you know, because obviously he's really well known for doing that after Kill Bill because that was what got him through the ratings board with uh, the scene with the crazy 88s and Kill Mm -hmm. Bill. 
was he, you know, started to do black and white. And I said, well, when we do a lot of these kill scenes, they're going to go to black and white for a reason. But there's one scene where we literally have a piece together where I'm, I'm like, okay, and Joanna gave me this idea to put plexiglass over the camera because I literally am going to crawl underneath the actor that's going to get murdered so that we can get the blood dripping down. <laughs> I want to see from the bottom. But it's like you think about that as a director and like when you're a writer you might not necessarily think about that so i've started to see it from both sides and you know i i was working on cocaine today i was working on that script which everybody knows i've been working on that bitch since i was 19 i'm about over it <laughs> but i actually put together a music list it was something that i've never done before as a writer and I, I i made a spotify music list i started pulling music off of what i was thinking of when i was writing and it's kind of funny because I looked at it and I'm like, I feel like I'm channeling my mother between Fleetwood Mac and Metallica, <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense. And so everybody has their own method, but I think it kind of translates over, you know, like you said, with the creative process, it just depends on who you are and what, what you do. Like, you know, me, I like to be, I, I like to be in a quiet room, but there has to be music or there has to be something on TV in the background. I can't write quietly um there has to be stuff going on or like I'll go to Starbucks and write or you know I'll I'll be I, I know that Nick and I you know Nick and I have been working on a script together as well and him and I actually went to a restaurant because it was noisy because the both, both of us are the same in that respect where we need to have background noise but it just depends on the person I know I'm sure Joanna has her you know what she likes to do and I'm sure Kayla has her because we haven't written together but, um, you know, I'm like the total opposite of that. I have to be, I mean, I will create a playlist for, um, you know, songs that I know that will fit a scene. Um, and I'll play them, you know, I'll listen, you know, I'll play them while I'm writing that scene. But other than that, oh, it has to be, I have to have absolute silence. Like my, my dream would, would be to have a cabin, you know, and I, and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I love the city. Like I lived in Philly for six years. I love you know, I love, you know, an urban area, but when I write, like, I would love to have a, a little cabin up, you know, outside of, uh, outside of Aspen in the middle of Colorado, <coughs> a little town uh, called Marble, Colorado, actually, I would just love to have a cabin there and just, just write. No, honestly, no internet access at all. Like I, I, there's a, there's a, a laptop that I think, um, uh, it came out like maybe a couple of years ago and, and it was just a writer's tool. It was basically like a, a new school typewriter. It doesn't have internet connected to it. It just has cell, you know, cell text or whatever uh, screenwriting uh, program. So you, you don't have that distraction. Cause I know there's, you know, there I, I'm the type of person that I'll get distracted really easily. So I need to have that total focus. And uh, every once in a while, like, I actually have that dragon speaking tool where I will actually get up and pace around my apartment and just talk to my computer to get it all out. <laughs> yeah, I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, all ideas. Um, I noticed it for the first time. I think this was, like, probably two or three years ago. I mean, obviously, Joanna and I, out of the, out of the group, we travel the most because we travel with our clients to their events. And I was at an event and I came up with an awesome idea for a script. And then I fucked myself because I didn't write it down. So <laughs> of course I still don't remember what that idea was, but I got in a habit of recording it on my phone. Like I would take out my voice recorder and I would record what I was talking about. And um, I got Nick in that habit recently. I actually told him, I was like, when you get ideas like that, because he, 
he would get an idea, he'd call me, and he'd expect me to write it down. And we got in this bat, and like, why am I writing down your shit? And I know Kayla knows this, because she's been on the phone call with me and him, where he's like, call Kayla, I have an idea. Yeah, and, yeah. And we're like, we'll start writing them down, and he's like, well, I don't want to. Like, it, it turned into, like, this <laughs> thing of, I'm going to call thing, or, or the thing is, like, you got to listen to this song. Listen to the song. <laughs> That was my other favorite was listen to this song. It reminds me of this. And I listen to this My Chemical Romance song. (laughs) Take me back to, you know, my junior year of high school. Thank you, you, Xander Harris. Good taste. Harris is taking me back to high school in so many ways. (laughs) Yeah, it's it it just depends on the person. But I mean the creative process, it's it's kind of fun to see how the professionals do it too. Um, and I don't count Nikki in that because he's just, he's on our level. He's not quite like Scotty. Um, but like Scott, when he gets in the, in his creative mode, he kind of shuts everybody out and Scott is not technology friendly. I mean, he, it's kind of funny because he, we, we had a script, we review a lot of materials. Like I know I said this earlier, but we review a lot of scripts that come into the company. And a lot of times Scotty will specifically want to see a script well, Kayla and I sent him a script, and he sent me, like, four emails yelling at me because Adobe Acrobat wouldn't open the fucking he didn't script. Know, he didn't know how to open a PDF. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to have Kayla put it into, like, RTF format so that we could send it over to him. And, um, you know, so he'll have those moments. And it, it's funny because I will print stuff out and send it to him. I think, I think the one time that I was really surprised is um, Stuart Gordon, who directed Reanimator, he um, had reached out to us. He wanted to executive produce a project with us. And this was years ago. This was an old project that we ended up not um, doing. But he wanted to do it. And he specifically told me, he goes, do not email it to me. I do not read scripts on my computer. <laughs> okay. And so I literally, on Christmas Day, I found a printer that I, I printed it out. And I took it and I dropped it off at the post office so that he could get it, you know, by the end of the week. And um, it's kind of funny because, like, like Eli, Eli and Quentin and all those guys, they they write out their scripts first before they type them. And I actually started doing that recently. And I've discovered I actually do better when I do that as opposed to writing it. So mm. as opposed to typing it, I mean. Or, like, I told my husband I want to get a typewriter. He thinks I'm crazy. but <laughs> That's because he doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear chirping, but I think at the same time, it's, you know, it... it Everybody finds their mode, and I think that's what makes this industry so cool is that we all have our own methods and our own, you know, what our own little kinks, I guess you could say, of what we like to do and how we research and how we write, and I think that's really the cool part about doing production. You can tell Scott you shouldn't feel bad about PDFs. I work in IT, and Jenny will send me a PDF, and I get lost sometimes into what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, I kind of want to hit – we brought him up a few times, and I'm such a huge fan, and I respect all his work. And uh, growing up uh, at the same time as Buffy was, you know, the characters were in high school. I was in high school at the same time. So I'm a big fan of Nicholas Brendan and his character Xander, obviously. And um, through Twitter, I've, I found out he's going through some tough times. And I don't know – because you guys are so close to him. I don't know how much you can say or at least tell us how he's doing. Yeah, um, Nick is actually doing really well. He, you know, we, uh, we've known Nick for a while, um, you know, so it's not, on a personal level, we've known Nick for a while, but we agreed to start working with him back in December, and, you know, you, you get in, 
the convention scene and the fandom scene are very small. Um, as much as everybody thinks it's really big, I mean, we all know each other. We all work with each other. It's it's one, you know, it's kind of like school. I compare it to high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rumors, a lot of drama, a lot of gossip. And I, I got a lot of people who told me not to work with Nick. And I, I laughed because I'm like, he's such an amazing guy. I mean, he's so good to his fans and he's so genuine with people. And he, you can tell he's a man that enjoys what he does, whether it's acting or whether it's being on the road. And Nick and I have gotten really close over, over time. I mean, he, he is genuinely, when it comes to outside of work, I mean, Nick is one of my best friends. And when we started seeing him go through, I mean, Nick suffers from depression. He, you know, admittedly suffers from, you know, alcoholism. I mean, he's an alcoholic. He struggles with it, but he tried to put on a, a bright face for everybody. And he finally acknowledged that, you know, he needed help. And, you know, instead of doing what everybody else wanted us to do, and that's, I, I mean, as you can tell, I'm, I'm not a bitch. You can tell what me to do, tell me what to do. <laughs> I, I to the beat of my own drum I always have and you know we stood by Nick I mean he you know from the time that we, he's been with us I mean he's been arrested a couple of times we've had some struggles but you know I was there to bail him out of jail I'm not gonna lie I mean everybody knows I'm the one who did it I'm the one that was there to pick up the pieces and when he admitted that he wanted help we were there and you know that was something that I hope that makes us I got attacked on Twitter. I mean, people think that I was trying to kill Nick by keeping him on the circuit and that I was, I was enabling and I was doing all these things. But what they didn't see is that, you know, what we see, which is we're, we're extremely close to him. We just want what's best for Nick. And it goes deeper with us. I mean, he does production with us. He's, you know, with us 24 seven. I've, you know, shit, I've shared hotel rooms with the guy because he's like my brother. And it's, it's one of those things where, I wish that everybody would have butted out, but I understand that he is a public figure and it was one of those situations that they weren't going to butt out. You know, I had, I had death threats on Twitter. I think that was my favorite is I had people telling me they were going to cut me because I was killing. <laughs> is it because the, like, I think I saw a few of these tweets that were directed at you or his Twitter account uh, in you indirectly or directly that like putting him in this situation and this pressure or uh, is that what they're talking about? Like you're, you're putting all this pressure on him. They, they felt like I, because I was booking him on these events, they felt like um, I was basically pressuring him to stay on the road because I wanted commission. Okay. Like, because they automatically, they only see, you know, that side of it. They don't see, you know, that, that Nick was literally, he was working because shit, people got to pay the bills, mm -hmm. you know? That was what they weren't understanding is that as much as this is a fandom, it's also a job to a lot of these guys. Yeah. And, you know, when Nick's not acting, he's on the road. And when it, when he said that he needed help, we supported it 100%. I cleared his schedule for the time that he was going into, into the facility. I made sure that everything was taken care of. I did the press release. I handled it. I mean, fortunately... His his um his fans have been extremely supportive. We have quite a few that specifically, you know, come to me and say, you know, how is he doing? And I'm I'm open about it. You know, Nick is doing wonderfully. He's he's accepted the fact that he, you know, has a lot of demons and he wants to work through them and he he's open about it. You know, this isn't um this isn't a guy that keeps it behind doors. I mean, you get him in a in a panel, he'll tell you he's an alcoholic that struggles through it and you know he he has problems like everybody else. And I think that's what I respect about Nick so much is that he is so open about 
his demons and he's open about everything that, you know, is Nick, you know, he's, Mm -hmm. he doesn't apologize for who he is. And yes, um, it comes with struggles. Like obviously the Twitter attacks. I mean, his, his, some of his fangirls, holy shit, don't ever piss those people off. Holy shit. But at the same time, you know, he, he also defended me. I mean, Nick went on Twitter. I think this was right after Myrtle beach. Um, we were actually at dinner and he was, we were on Twitter and he started fighting with people over me. He was like, this is, he's like, I don't tell Andrew what to do. She doesn't keep me locked up in a basement. Get off her ass. Like he was flipping out on people on Twitter to the point where I changed his Twitter password. So he couldn't tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I just didn't want him to get in trouble. You know, I didn't yeah. want to piss off anybody. And you know, he's, he's very defensive of me. I'm defensive of him, but the good thing is, is that he is getting help. Um, you know, and he, he's more like, I've said this to people. I always feel like Nick is more harm to himself than other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he's always been so good to his fans and like his fans will tell you that, you know, he's always the one to get hugs and he always, you know, will sit with people and talk with them. Like I know, um, Tallahassee was the big one. Obviously, he was arrested in Tallahassee back in um, shit. What month was that? March. And yes, yeah, he got arrested in Tallahassee, and you know that was when he came out and talked about what happened in his childhood. But it was kind of funny because the next day he met a little girl who had autism, and she gave him a stuffed rabbit, and her dad was actually a cop. <laughs> oh. It was funny because her mom came up to Nick and was like, you know, it, it, my husband's a huge fan, but. He, you know, he's, he's a cop, you know, we don't want to bring him in if it's going to make you. Well, she said, she said he's a cop and he's going to be coming in in his full uniform. So we just want to forewarn you that, you know, you're not there to get arrested again. It was kind of funny. And I mean, Nick laughed it off and it was funny because they, you know, he came in and like, we really got to know the family. I'm actually still friends with um, the mom on Facebook and we stay in touch, you know, and, and it's, it's kind of funny because you, everybody kind of makes judgments and like, I've been the bad guy, you know, Joanna and Kayla, fortunately for these two, they haven't gotten it as bad as I have, but you know, I'm, I'm the bad guy. I was the one that kept him chained in a basement and made him go to fan conventions. But <laughs> you know, it's, um, it, it's, it's a blessing to have Nick in our lives. I mean, he, when it comes down to it, I mean, everybody's got problems. I mean, I've, I've, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. He was in and out of jail, but because he wasn't a public figure, you mm-hmm. didn't see that, you know, and that was, that was the big difference that we were trying to instill in everybody is that, you know, we don't want everybody to think that Nick's a nightmare. He's not like, honestly, and the girls can attest to this. We've traveled with Nick frequently. He's always there. Everybody that's a part of Bloody Bombshell that's been with Nick, we we all love Nick. I mean, there's no side of Nick that we can think of that, you know, we hate. I mean, we all love working with him. We love having him be a part of our family. We travel with him frequently. He's, you know, he's an incredible guy. And I think that, you know, it's, I'm glad that he's doing better. You know, I speak with him every single day. I speak with him 20 times a day. The girls know this. He <laughs> uses my Spotify account. So sometimes he takes over and plays Green Day for me, which is fantastic. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's doing much better. And I think that um, going into the second half of the year, he's going to return to the road. And I think that he's, it, I think he's going to see things in a new light. And I think that he's really excited to see his fans again. That's awesome. It's it's good to hear that he's doing well and he's getting help and uh, we send him all the best. And like I say, I'm a huge fan of his and uh, I have family that suffer through severe depression and it's got to be like, you know, th- there's normal people like Nick is. And uh, I know 
uh, Jared Padalecki recently has come out and said he's struggled with depression and these, they may be actors and they may be on TV and movies and stuff, but they're real people and they have struggles and problems. And, uh, I, I kind of hope his fandom is a little more accepting of the, the, the ones that are attacking you, uh, at least are a little more accepting of this fact and that, you know, a little more supportive, uh, but it's good to hear that so many people are supporting him and, and you guys are, are doing such a great job, uh, you know, just being there for him as, as you said, family. I mean, I, I, you know, I think, you know, I, you know, when it comes to trolls or people that are attacking, I, I, I think, you know, this is how I, I feel about it. I think it, it's coming from a good place because they're concerned about him, mm-hmm. you know, but it's coming off not in the way that it should be coming Ag- Aggressive, off. yeah. Right. And, and you know, and, and that's great that they have, you know, deep concerns about him. But the, but the fact of the matter is, you know, he's 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 doing all right, you know. Um, they don't, they don't know that, um, because they're not with him all the time, you know? Um, so they're just basically, you know, looking in from the outside. So I, you know, I, I, it it is annoying and it is frustrating and, you know, death threats aside, uh, aside, of course, but, um, you know, I, 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 his, you know, Buffy fans are so, um, passionate. Um, like I said earlier, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not a fan of Buffy. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that are huge fans of Buffy and they are a passionate group. So, you know, every, you know, people, you know, people are caring about him and, you know, he's, he's, he's doing all right. And he's, and he's going to continue to do all right. He was too with trolls. And I mean, we get them, we get them for other stuff too. I mean, I'm not going to say that Nick is the only place that we've ever gotten trolls. And I just, I have a big mouth. I mean, I don't care. I'm one of those people where I'm like, you know, I, I will flat out tell you how it is and whether it has to do with Nick or like we would, you know, honestly, we would defend our other clients. And this is what I've said from the beginning. And this is what makes us different from other, you know, agencies or other people that do what we do. You know, they, uh, you meet a lot of bookers and I'm not saying every single one. I know some amazing professionals in this industry who go above and beyond for their clients like we would. But I would do it for any client. And I said this, I remember we were at a dinner in Tallahassee and this was after Nick got released from jail. And we were there with several of our clients and we were all at a sushi restaurant. And I I told every single one of them at that table, I'm like, I'd bail you out of jail. And like, they were making jokes about what they were going to do to go to jail. So Andrew, (laughs) I I would bail every single one of the people at that table out. I would bail every single one of the people in my life out of jail. I don't care if Kayla like punches some girl in the face. That's not going to happen anytime soon. I might, I, 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 I might kiss her face. Aggressively, <laughs> but I'm not gonna punch him. I, am more I don't do that. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> I am the likely one to go to jail. Truthfully, if somebody's <laughs> gonna punch someone in the face, it's probably gonna be me first. Um, Joanna gets arrested for you know other things. <laughs> Joanna, Joe will get arrested for indecent exposure. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> I think JD would end up getting arrested for stalking Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> well, she's, I mean, it's yeah, not even that funny. I, I, hey, I might get arrested for that. <laughs> and Jenny's on her own. She would, she'd probably beat somebody up. <laughs> Jenny would yeah. get super drunk at like a flogging Molly's concert. It'll just be all over. Ship it up to Boston. There you go. <laughs> oh. oh, that's Dropkick Murphy.
burpees. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm I'm, I'm getting I'm getting my <laughs> my Irish, 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 punk. Irish, Irish punk screwed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> we make jokes about it all the time that we start having like bail money set aside. Like Johnny, who works for me, she she's amazing, and she made a joke the other day that we need to have like a reserve fund for bail money. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are we talking about clients? Like I got all defensive and she goes, no, just in case you lose your temper. And she was dead serious. And I'm like, am I that bad? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I'll probably be the first one because we're actually working on a reality series right now. That's going to follow us on the road and with our productions and everything we're doing. And, you know, I've been a meeting the other day, um, discussing the development for it. I was discussing it with the company that's, that's helping us with it. And, the, the development executive actually knows me really well. She has known me since like 2011. Like I've, I've worked in reality for a while, just, you know, pitching ideas and things like that. And um, she said to me, she goes, is there anything that I could, I should be concerned about in terms of production? She's like, let's go over every element. So we went through everything and she started laughing and she goes, you have yet to mention yourself. I was like, yeah, because you know, I'm going to end up in jail at some point or I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> that's, for, that's for sweet, sweet. That's like, you know, he was like, well, just make sure it's not murder or something we can't get you out of. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're at an hour, so I got to kind of wrap things up, but I did, I, I kind of wanted to ask you since you work for bloody disgusting, is there one of those horrible horror movies that sticks out in your mind as just the worst thing you had to see, or is just too many? <laughs> um, there, was <laughs> one, there was one that stood out to me that was absolutely terrible. Um, and it, but the best part was it was like a bad good movie like it was one of those that was entertaining I sat through it but I gave it a really bad review it was um bloodlust zombies and it had the um the porn star Alexis Texas was in it <laughs> oh my god I uh. sat through that one with you <laughs> Joanna did sit through that one with me and it was just I mean it was literally like I well first of all Alexis Texas of course had to have sex in the middle of like a zombie attack <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, that's what you do. I mean, right. I mean, come on, Andrea. That was expected. I mean, how did you want to spend your last, like, 20, 20 minutes as a human? Obviously have sex. Exactly. Let's be real. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, before, before bits start to fall off. <laughs> right. Or during, while bits falling off. Oh. Oh. As long as the right bits are still on, it's fine. <laughs> oh, this went oh. south. Uh. <laughs> of course it went south. Where, where do you think we're going? Oh. Uh, you guys have been awesome. This has been a lot of fun. Real quick before we go, anything, uh, websites, Twitter that you want to plug for, for anybody that's listening? What's that? Joe, do you want to plug? Jo- Joanna's better at this part. Like, <laughs> Joanna's good at the plug. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we're on plug Facebook. Bloody, bloody bombshell entertainment we're also on twitter bloody b-e-n-t we're also on instagram bloody bombshell you can find myself kayla and andrea we're all under our own names for instagram twitter and facebook so you can pretty much find us anywhere you look for us and you're going to be able to get all of our updates as far as clients uh new clients that we've got appearances that we're doing and production updates as they come out Awesome. I'll, I'll put as many of these links as I can in, in the in the show notes so everybody can find it easily so we can yep. find out when all these awesome movies are coming out and these reality shows and stuff. So uh, I 
thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was, like I say, a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, really. And <laughs> it was... you never, you never know what to expect. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I, I loved it. All right, so thanks so much for joining us, guys. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it. That's our interview with Andrea, Joanna, and Kayla. Uh, extremely fun ladies. Uh, sorry for all the cursing. Uh, I should have probably said that in the intro, but I didn't, and I forgot. <laughs> uh, but yes, I will put it in the notes that there are some adult language in this episode. Um, Tom uh, and I are reigning proud. Right, right. They, <laughs> <laughs> the, the swear jar is back into effect right now. Ah. Yes, curb it. Uh, (laughs) you'll be able to find all the links like we just said uh, in the show notes and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram for all of them will be all on there Uh, very fun I thought that was a lot of fun actually and we'll probably have to talk to them again when it's closer for those movies to come out so that we can totally hype those up they sound awesome yeah they sound super cool The, the Chainsaw Sally I don't know if you guys follow that it's a cool storyline so doing a cartoon of that Count me in. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. They just sound like they really are passionate about passionate about what they're making and aren't just in it for the money, which is refreshing. No, it sounds like they have a lot of fun in what they do, and just like uh, what we do, and the reason we do it is because it's fun. So, and they they found a way to do that as their job, and I'm sure it's frustrating at times and chaotic, but it still sounds like they have they love it and are having all kinds of fun doing it. Um. Okay, so the business of this website that we call Atomic Geekdom, you can sign up for 30 days of free Amazon Prime where you can binge watch Grimm, Hannibal, uh, a little show that we all love called Justified. You can watch it all on there for 30 days for free. Just go to our website, AtomicGeekdom.com, and click the banner at the top of the page. It'll take you right to where you need to go to sign up for Amazon Prime. Do it now. Do it in June, especially, because it's the summer months, and they're starting to get hotter outside, and you want to be inside where it's nice and cool watching TV, forget about that jet skiing and playing outside and nature. Forget that stuff. Stay inside, watch TV. Or if you're going to go outside, take some earbuds and your favorite uh, MP3 device and maybe listen to a book. Yes. <laughs> so if you guys are having he trouble was listening to paying a book for at that books, moment. I know if you guys are having trouble paying for books you guys can try our free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash atomic geekdom and that nets you a free digital download for an audiobook which is great you guys can listen to the car while you're driving to the beach or something (laughs) or while you're sitting out in your hammock or or doing a bunch of other really fun summary stuff while you're at zumba or doing squats yes you can listen to it while you're at squats checking your phone so (laughs) It would be awesome because it'll help us bring the content that we love to give you guys and that you guys love to get. Uh, my so. book, my recommendation that I'm flying through right now is uh, Ready Player One. It's amazing, uh, it's, isn't uh, it? I told you it's great. I know. And I, this, knowing that Steven Spielberg is making this movie, I cannot wait. Like it's gonna And the be- Audible is done by Will Wheaton. No, it's done by Will Wheaton. <laughs> yes, and all I hear is Wesley Crusher when he talks. It's it's crazy. Uh, that's the Star Trek character. Um, yeah, so uh, use your your free Audible book from JD AudibleTrial.com/slash Atomic Geekdom and check out uh, Ready Player One or The Martian. 
another good suggestion since the trailer is out now. And we're going to talk all about it, or uh, this is the past or the future. So we already talked about it in our geek out last week. So go back and listen to that. I'm uh, travel. Bye. Right. <laughs> uh, if you want to reach us via email to talk to us about interviews, people we should be talking to, shows we should be watching, I'm doing a new column. Uh, I just released the first article or the first issue, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm calling it the binge watch where I watch a full season of something. And in one week, at least one season, I'll try to do the whole series throughout the weeks, but, and then I review it. So new, old, whatever it is, if I can find it on Netflix or whatever, iTunes, I will watch it. And my first one is Jericho, the TV show from CBS from a while, a couple years ago. Oh my God. I love Jericho. Uh, I love Jericho too. I only watched the uh, the first time it was on TV. Uh, I loved it. Jason loved it. You both love it. It was a great show. And uh, I hadn't watched it again in a long time. So I decided this would be the start. And then from here, I'll go on to something I have not watched yet. And I'm looking forward to diving into something new and cool. And you guys have been sending those suggestions in on Twitter. And you can keep doing that at Atomic Geekdom. Let me know what I should watch in the coming weeks. Uh, Jenny's got an, a column starting soon. And JD does as well that uh, we'll, we'll debut and talk about once they or we'll talk about once they debut is what I was trying to say. Um, I'm excited. All of our, yeah, you guys are going to like it. I hope everybody's I got, <laughs> everybody's got a column coming up. Tom, eventually Kyle, uh, who am I forgetting? That's it. Danny, Danny's got one too. Uh, so stay tuned on the website. We'll have some cool stuff coming soon. And, uh, someday YouTube someday, someday there's, there's an Easter egg for you. That was like pretend Samuel Jackson popped on the screen as Nick Fury to say YouTube. But he didn't really. Um, he did. They just can't see it because it's a podcast. That's right. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Google Plus, Stitcher. Subscribe and rate review us on iTunes. Uh, give us some stars. Put a review. Helps us out. It helps you out because you'll feel good. You'll get the warm tinglys inside. Uh, yeah, it's called karma. Do something nice for somebody. Pay it forward. Uh, speaking of paying it forward, I have an idea for all of our listeners coming soon. Paying it forward, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it soon. I think it'll be a lot of fun and and uplifting for the world because we need more positivity in the geek culture. Uh, if they want to yell at you or talk to you about how your boobs mess up all our all our podcasts, Jenny, you are on Twitter at <laughs> Rob Yart. <laughs> and JD, they can reach you to discuss video games and such at J Freaking D. And, uh, yeah, and Atomic Geekdom. Guys, this was a lot of fun. Thank you very much for joining me kind of on last minute notice. I liked it. It was fun, though. Yeah, definitely like having another couple chicks on this show every now and again. It's awesome. And then having ones that are as spunky and just will throw the (laughs) F-bomb. I'm... I was in my prime. Uh, yeah, it was some, some good lady energy in, in the house tonight. So it was fun. Uh, and yeah, we'll have them back again. We'll stay in touch with them and definitely talk about all their movies and stuff that's coming up and let you guys know when it's coming out. And, uh, there's some, some awesome guests in store, uh, to our podcast. So just stay tuned for those announcements as they get closer and closer to the dates that we going to release them. And I'm just going to keep saying words until somebody stops me because, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Ramble, ramble, ramble. Perfect. All right. Thank you guys for joining us, and we will see you all next week. Peace out.